You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hey, hey. Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. And Tony Rochette. What is this? Hey. Well, it's season three build week, folks, and we'll go through all that new content, the new tracks, the new cars, and all the new bells and whistles that iRacing has in store for us all. Also, remember, you can follow along with us on your mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself what all the great topics and products that we discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. Hope to see you there, and I hope to turn my phone off. How do you find a needle in a haystack? I'll tell you. After a complete new build, GridFinder 2.0 is here and better than ever. Along with a brand new look, GridFinder has made league searching even easier and much more enjoyable by adding more search options for the driver and giving league owners a better way to promote their league features and making it easier to connect with drivers with the brand new Join Now button. Make sure to check out www.grid-finder.com and find your place on the grid. Visit GridFinder to find a league or upload your own. GridFinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. GridFinder.com to start talking all the new content the first thing we have is a video presenting red bull ring for season three uh it's the newest f1 circuit that is now available now one tidbit is i didn't hear anything about it was like did iRacing go scan it did they buy the scan i assume they buy they bought the scan well yeah it would have to have been bought because they can't travel anywhere right so i mean this track is a really awesome racetrack to, to for them to covet and get. So um, kudos to them for, you know, going this method now and, and getting tracks, even though the world's kind of still shut down a bit. You know, it's just another F1 style track, you know, check marked off the list, right? They're also presented some of the, on Instagram, some of the artwork as well. Uh, they have that big old uh, bull you know, reared up on his rear hind legs and uh, made out of copper uh, or or some kind of metal, and uh, it's really big and obviously a landmark for that uh, particular track. Now, Mike, do you think um, the reason that they're getting a lot of more of these tracks is because they want that World Series that they're going to do with the uh, with this Delara card to have more of these competitive formula style tracks? Yeah, and we're going to be talking about the that Delara car. They have the championship announced. Uh, it definitely follows like an F1 style schedule, uh, that same uh, tracks, those same tracks. Now, the next one story, guys, is really, I think, the biggest one for me. And it was really a post on the forums by none other than Dale Earnhardt Jr. 
and there's so much good information in this uh you know i i almost want to read it all and so i thought that uh we would go through some of it anyway but basically dale in long form writes what he's been working on and and you know we haven't heard a lot from him and as far as iRacing goes but uh he's been busy obviously uh connecting people um information uh to make the 1987 car uh you know, redone basically, uh, and they're working on it. So I'm going to read a, a few quotes from this. Um, I made some phone calls. First off, I reached out to Bobby Labonte. Bobby's career in stock cars kicks off just after that historical 87 season, but Bobby had experience in cars quite similar during his first few years or few years in racing, and he was an avid member of the iRacing community. Bobby dedicated hours behind the wheel of the virtual 87 cars and also watch hours of in-car footage from 87 events themselves. He took all this information, formed an opinion on the virtual car versus the real-world version. His opinion was similar to my own. The sim car was wicked loose to drive. The real-world cars were usually the opposite, frustrating and fighting to turn. Uh, The sim car felt as if it was floating across the top of the track. It was really a handful and a contrast to what Bobby and I both saw on the in-car footage from that time frame. And boy, I tell you what, when they said that, it certainly describes how that car feels. It really kind of floats like, you know, my grandma's Cadillac down the road. Uh, So the next quote here. uh, So for my next idea was to get a few crew chiefs who had experience with cup racing in the 80s about the cars. I got a ton of information from guys like Gary Nelson, Andy Petrie. Gary worked with Bobby Allison, Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty, and many others in those days. Petrie had worked with Phil Parsons, Harry Gant. They were both full of details, text messages, and emails. They're eager to share their experiences. One critical area where they added important insight was Arrow. The numbers I got from Gary and Petrie, along with the thoughts from Dale Jarrett, Kyle Petty, and Kirk Schomerdine, all lined up. The cars produced a certain amount of front and a certain amount of rear back in 87, and it was a bit more than what we currently had in the sim today. While there was some concern on what these numbers would produce and the drivability of the sim, Eric Kudek and the engineers at iRacing dove into the experiment with confidence. Um, okay, and then a, I'm going to jump ahead to another uh, quote here. I had nose weight and cross weight at various tracks like Atlanta, North Wilkesboro, Charlotte, and Rockingham, referring to the 1980s. I had some clear ideas on what sway bars were ran, chassis heights, air pressure, spring rates, and some other great information on shocks. And he's referring to the um, crew chief notebook from Doug Richard, who worked with Dale Earnhardt in the 1980s championship so did he ever talk to bill elliott about this car well yeah i think his name was mentioned somewhere in here yeah so that'd be the perfect person to to pick their brain about this car i mean the the thunderbirds is car exactly right uh he wraps up the post i'll read the final uh, paragraph huge credit goes to the iRacing engineers and developers for embracing this new direction on the 1987 cars they are always eager to make gains on every aspect of the service. They are, these are the type of projects I love to work on with iRacing, and luckily I was able to reach deep into the phone book and get some sound advice on the 87 cars. I think it's a nice improvement for the 87 stock cars, and hopefully some, something everybody enjoys. I might have to run those cars again. 
Well, yeah. I'm gonna have to now. <laughs> I it, it should. It for... <laughs> I was gonna say it should improve the uh, the participation. Right. I wish I had more to say about this, but it sounds kind of like I'm in the same boat as most of us here. I kind of, yeah, don't drive them because they're so damn hard to drive. But uh, it's it's nice that they're, you know, putting the work in and, and you know, making these things um, happen and, and get people back inside them. Yeah, I mean, to have the actual notebook from the 1980 championship season, uh, to have, you know, the crew chiefs from those years and the drivers and, you know, all given input saying, okay, your arrow is too much, you know, it's too floaty. It, it needs to push. It doesn't need to be loose, you know, just making those, those changes. And, you know, none of us have any idea how this car should drive, you know, and so we're trusting, you know, what everyone's putting together for us. So I just love this when, you know, it takes another notch towards realism and, um, you know, Dale knew it wasn't quite right, and so he sat down to fix it. And he did, and and it sounds like they've made some great steps towards that. So I have not tried it since the build, but I am very anxiously going to try them probably tonight. Well, with the amount of passion that Junior has, you know, for the the historical aspects, you know, of the tracks and the cars, um, and him really, really wanting to to get everything right, and you know, give us the experience um you know that he wants us to be able to uh to see like you know what he remembers and what everyone else that were able to drive that car back in the day remember um you know it's it's only going to be benefit us that much more because if they make you know you know this car or this track you know like make it really work well like it was supposed to you know, that could possibly open the door um you know to more of these type of opportunities in the future and people will be willing to spend the money to enjoy those opportunities yeah somebody on our team was saying let's have uh, them scan like the 2000 or 2001 cup cars surely there's some out there we can scan be just cool to have one from each era you know and then that so i think they've really started something with this 87 car i'm so happy that they're not just leaving it on the shelf and calling it a finished product i'm glad that they're revisiting it and super anxious to try it now something i have tried last night and was a blast i sent all you guys the videos overnight of some of the wrecks but formula v is in action tony I'll be honest. I I don't know anything. Um, I actually I, I watched the video before we started recording, and you know, kind of like uh, what the video shows. I'm sure is like totally different than what you experience on the track. Because I've heard they're just really really slow, which they should be because they're, they're going to be like the you know they're the rookie open wheel car. Um, I mean, I'm going to jump it. Slow is the understatement. Right, right. But, um, you know, I was actually I was discussing this with uh, with my wife uh, last night about this because I know she has expressed some interest in doing um, the the roadside. And I said, well, um, this is probably going to you're probably going to want to jump into this. This is probably the, the route that you're going to want to go. Um, I don't have any experience in this. And so maybe that's something that her and I can kind of, um, you know, experience together, but I've heard a lot of good, a lot of positive about the car. 
Well, what's interesting is first gear is just like to get out of the pits. That's all it's for. It's not even used on the racetrack because I think it tops out about 30. And then second gear tops out at like maybe 80 or 85 mile an hour. And then there's third and fourth. So um, the, tr the thing about this car is you have to keep momentum up. Uh, you get it in fourth and it just is bogged down. I mean, it's really hard to get revs on this car. And, and you got to get that fourth gear going and get the revs kind of building up. And then when you get to a corner, don't scrub off speed. You know, that's the trick to this car. I'll say a couple minutes before we started this podcast, I actually hopped into the Formula V and uh, at Nashville Super Speedway. And I was doing about 90 miles an hour. And then I figured, eh, what the hell? It drove it right in a wall. And it is hard to break that car. I thought there wasn't a damage model on it, but I actually had the nose cone pop off on me. I had some pretty spectacular wrecks last night trying a few uh, hosted races with these. The one thing I did notice, too, uh, you can use your H-pattern uh, shifter with it, too. Yes. Would you need so, that shifter if you take it to Nashville, though? Maybe just to get out of the pits, right? Maybe. Well, this next tweet we have, and I, I do remember, uh, didn't you do this as well, Mike? We have the V running around N Nashville, uh, and it was uh, Steve Lavender. And he uh, was in a pencil theme paint. So it literally looks like a sharpened pencil. Um, so I guess we'll have to pencil him in for the race. I love that paint job. That's why I stuck that in here. I mean, the car, uh, it looks like a torpedo kind of or something like that. But um, kind of a, a unique way to, to paint it. Um, the paints I've seen so far are pretty simple. I mean, I think the idea... With, at least behind the, the paint template is uh, just simple colors, real, you know, not nothing fancy, but this is pretty unique. Good way to get the light out. <laughs> so between a banana and a and a pencil, the two two things you can use for this car, paint job wise. You can threaten you not to run him over too, or he'll erase you. Now, one more thing: the one of the races I tried last night, David Childhouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we've covered some of his stuff, but uh, he's a spotter for Kligerman Esports. He hosted up this car at South Boston, and we had 54 starters at South Boston, and he had no damage on. And uh, that was from some of the videos I sent you, the group were from that carnage, but I didn't even make it past lap one before I was 55th in the, the, the running order, but it was fun. So I guess we're going to sneak out of the uh, build moves for a second and talk Road to Pro. We're getting close to cutoff time when it jumps to the uh, basically the second stage of the Road to Pro, right? Top 70 get in. There's already 21 locked in. It's Chris Overland put this up here for us on Twitter. And we've got uh, several guys who are locked into the second round. Uh, and then a lot of guys who are pretty comfortable. And then right around the bubble. Looks like Aaron Rodgers is spending some time on uh, iRacing. Yeah. It's, uh, if you're interested, you can check out the list, uh, see if you have any friends on it. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see some of the previous Coke drivers, uh, you know, are locked in. So that's that's pretty cool. For, good for them. Yeah, I'm sure Chris put this up here because he's excited to be locked in himself. Well done, uh, guys. I've def I definitely see Tanner on at NIS a lot, and we got we see Mike Grigulia, uh, former guest Grigulia, is on there. And I think that pronounced that about as well as Mike does. 
yeah, I, I try to watch this race when I can. Um, the timing is a little awkward for me, but I can't wait for the, the snake splits, the second round, because I've never seen snake splits. Uh, and I've actually been here, uh, this had my ninth anniversary at iRacing uh, yesterday. So nine years and I have never seen snake splits and uh, they're starting here shortly. So tell hey, us about, go ahead. Hold on, David, I was just gonna say, uh, if you look at it here, uh, some of the other guys that we've raced, uh, you got Kevin King, Jeremy Allen, um, and uh, Matt Forcapa, you know, they're trying to race their way in. It's Patrick Moose. Yeah, check it out if you want to see who's going to make it. We'll be seeing 70 of those guys go for the top. So tell us about your favorite new feature, Mike. Well, um, this might, well, I, I told the group uh, this might be the beginning of the end of this podcast because the way we've been getting uh, content forever is uh, I don't have to spend a lot of time getting it because I have it. I was following, you know, 62 different people in the forums, and every time they post, it would email me to an e email box and I'd go through that email box, you know, once a day and spend 10 minutes and find stories. And that's how we had this show. Now, guess what? We have new forums and there's no follow feature. And I don't know how I'm gonna find content. No, it's, I don't know. Uh, the forums are good and bad. I, what do you guys think before I weigh in? I'll say the only thing I really looked at the forums for was maybe like a special race um uh times and stuff like that i might look at the complaint department or the the um suggestion features and stuff like that but other than that that's there's only dark mode um some people most people like it but some people don't and i've heard a lot of complaints about that and it didn't take very long for uh an iRacing member to post up some kind of a google chrome uh, thing that you can click on and restyle everything and uh, he's already improved it himself in like 24 hours but so did iRacing uh, Greg West posted on June 8th that they did a forum update and he put out the release notes uh, there were some 504 errors there were global styling errors uh, they corrected um, they changed some of the styling of the category list. Uh, they basically uh, made it where there was more content to see on the page because the, the first time they put it out, I mean, it, it looked quite different. And, uh, and the people that have uh, been in the forums a long time uh, made it, you know, they made their voice heard. So we'll see, I'm rolling with it. We'll try to figure out a different way of getting content. I like. I would go into the forums last night and kind of poke around looking for what I normally look for. Um, but you got to understand, I mean, some of the re some of the way we got stuff, like for example, uh, John Henry, the founder of iRacing, he posts in the forums, but how often does he post? Maybe once every two years? And guess what? When I would catch that post once every two years uh, with the old system. Now. I'm gonna miss it, 100% I'm gonna miss it. We'll never see that post again because I'm not gonna spend hours in the forum every day looking for it, you know? Well, they are putting out an appy. Hopefully somebody can come up with a, some way to scrub that, that information by driver or poster, or at least for the staff where you can follow staff and see all of their posts or something. You're correct. The community is very clever and they're gonna come up with 
better ways of you know doing it i'm sure so we'll see like i said i'm i'm keeping a, trying to keep an open mind and i'm going to try to roll with it and just keep getting as much content as we can get well mike you're gonna be disappointed they didn't rain they didn't name this new series the uh, jet car championship they didn't listen to you on that Nope. But the, we have been speculating that they were eventually going to be moving to using this car for the top uh, open wheel series. And Greg West announced that they're going to be introducing the Dallara iRacing Grand Prix Championship beginning in the fall. They're going to do some qualifying rounds for the series starting on July 8th. They're, they're going to be yes, super sessions that are staged within the existing Dallara Formula iRacing series. For those who make the cut, there's 25000 in purse. And it's um, going to be a 10-race championship, it looks like. This is awesome. They don't even have a sponsor, and they're doing it. I mean, most peop- most companies and different services, they wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole if they didn't have a sponsor, you know? So uh, kudos to iRacing for, you know, standing up with the, for this car and, and doing what they said they're going to do, and, and they are. And so, awesome. Now, the uh, schedule of Hockenheim, Interlagos, Silverstone, Monza, Circuit Gill, Villeneuve, TBA, uh, and then Spa. This is July 8th through August 19th. I bet you TBA is Red Bull. They don't have Red Bull listed, right? Yeah, could be the Red Bull, yep. And um, this uh, is going to be Thursday at the same time as the NIS Open, uh, Thursday morning. Uh, it's roughly the same time frame as that race. Um, it's very uh, Europe, European-friendly time zone. Um, some of the American people that run this car had a few words about the expected, you know, or the schedule, and you know, wh- when are they going to find SOF races? Because you got to remember, uh, you know, you got to run the official series of this car, and then you know do well enough to basically get in that super session on Thursday. So my question to the group is, will all the, will we see all the Porsche drivers from the Porsche eSports uh, come over to this or what? It'd probably depend on their time, but they would, most of them definitely will have the talent and several of them used to run this. Wasn't Mitchell really good on the, on the open wheel? Yeah. I was going to say it also would depend on um, when they, if the Porsche series gets announced to do a start of season in between it or anything, but I doubt the Porsche season's been over for a bit, hasn't it? It has. So they may try I don't, to alternate him. Maybe. I mean that that would be the only thing that would stop them from running. It would be that they would have their own. The other series would start back up. But I could see, I could see anyone that competes in that definitely competing here. They'll they'll learn it even if they aren't good at it. They'll figure it out. Well. Based on the time time of the uh, super session, it really disqualifies. You know, I want to say a lot of people in the North American region because most people work, you know, Thursday during the day. But uh, I think you know they said something in the forums of the, to that effect. Hey, you know, hey, you know, we need to set this up for to be European friendly. Uh, the idea is, uh, I think, the, uh, I think it was Greg West who mentioned Germany specifically uh, that the time in germany is like the perfect time for this race or something like that well it is more popular over there so that it's logical you know what they should add uh, another course they should add the chicago uh, street course uh so they can make a tornado um 
Eric Myers posted a video on his YouTube channel of an IndyCar on the new street course that he hits a corner and he just starts spinning and spinning and uh, it turns into a blunder. It goes faster and faster and faster. Not, it doesn't slow down. It's one of those IndyCar wrecks. It spins like a top, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm surprised he doesn't get shot straight up into the air and uh, right in Lake Michigan. That's when you're glad you're not in VR. I've done that a couple of times at Andy. What would you do? Just close your eyes tight and try not to look? It doesn't really bother me. I guess it would individ- it would be dependent on the individual, uh, why, if they get motion sickness from it. Well, he, you know, he does cut to, at the end of the video, he cuts to an in-car camera uh, view, you know, during the tornado, so to speak. So you could certainly get a flavor of what it might look like. Now, have you guys tried the Chicago Street Course yet? Nope. No, I haven't had a chance yet. There are some turns that are really, really tight, and it's like a double wall, and and you will definitely mistake. And if you make a mistake, you're 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 pretty much done, and there goes the whole field. Is it kind of more modeled after? Do you think it's closer to uh, uh, Long Beach or Detroit? Uh, with the walls wise, it kind of remind it. It's kind of like a hybrid. Um, the the um, the view and stuff like that reminds me of Long Beach, but the way it's the how the walls are close to you reminds me of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, we saw that in the NASCAR Invitational when they were there. It's just like, uh, yep, lots of wrecks and bumpy. You oh. you know Chicago. You've been there, I'm sure, Tony. It's never going to be as uh, smooth. The only, the only thing you're missing is being shot at. Can we can they add like gunshots in the audio background or? That's the uh, when you have the atmosphere turned on on pit road. Uh, that's what you hear while you're uh, sitting there on pit road. Yep. Uh, and that's no joke, folks. If you're, I've been to Chicago and I've been down to the the stadium, the baseball stadium downtown, and it's sketch. Just walking from your car to the stadium, total sketch. And what's neat about this track is. Um, it's closer to where um, uh, Soldier Field is and the museums and stuff like that. Um, it's actually, they did a really good job on uh, on the background. Yeah, it looks great. Next up, uh, Forum Post, Ryan Long uh, asked, Hey, just curious, why don't we see more variants in the track layouts in lower speed series like the MX-5, Skippy, or FR 2.0? especially the short versions of some tracks like VIR or Coda. Seems like it would be the perfect time and place for using them. So what do you think? What's your favorite uh, alternate track layout that we never run? How about that New Hampshire road course one? Where it goes out the outside of the track instead of the inside? Right. Well, I haven't had a chance to go through this, the replies on here, but the most likely reason is there doesn't exist an alternate track at, at the places that don't have the variant. I think the other thing is, is, um, pe- I think they want, they seems to be pushing in, in the sim here, they push one specific layout for a lot of these tracks, no matter if they've given it to us as, you know, multiple layouts. Like, you don't see, um, like they're saying this, their series don't divert from it because all the series don't do it. Like, even, you, you know, the only time you'd find that would be a league or or a hosted session if someone wants to change the the variant of the track. I just maybe it's just the fact that maybe 
people might not race it when they don't recognize this the length of the course i don't know if coda has the different ones i've never actually paid attention to see their alternate course uh i'm sure vir is probably just vir's normal circuit but it could be have an alternate well the the mx5 only for the most part only runs the rookie courses anyway right the um which are already pretty short yeah nick neven put uh said coda east and Vegas infield long are two of his favorites. Well, they exist then. I don't know if, if iRacing has it. Let's see if that's even an option in iRacing. Do they run the short track at, or the, the shorter track version of uh, Watkins Glen? The one without the boot? Got the cup version, right? Yep. Coda has Grand Prix East and West configurations. Well, it probably just comes down to the fact that the the uh, rookie series don't run there. They tend to not run at paid tracks. So basically, all it is is the east version is one portion of the track, and the west portion is the other portion of the track. It's that's how it's split. Okay, back to release notes, David. <laughs> he walked away. That's funny. <laughs> I'm back. I'm sorry. I'm literally trying to install pedals right now and do the show at the you same time. You can wait till after the show. No, new toy. Until, like I tell my kids, you'll have to wait till after dinner to play with the toy from McDonald's. See, I'm old enough now that it's the other way around where I now have to tell my parents what to do. But, um, yeah, spa track, track limits. I did actually look at this before, um, and I've read about this as well. They've, they're changing the system to where some of the track limits will be set by a four-tire four limit instead of a two-tire limit, which is going to help, I guess, on some of the strict turns at Spa. Um, okay, you know, I guess some people are excited about this. If A limit's a limit. It's going to be the same limit for everybody. So... It may make the track easier to run. It may make the track uh, harder to run. Who knows? Looking at uh, the new Red Bull video there that they were posting, pretty much almost every corner there, that car was pretty close to having the four-wheel limit um, where it was coming out of the track. They were using all the parts there. But I think I think what this will help, um, if it's done properly, is you're going to be, you know, in F1 they use that style. So... If you get all four tires over that line, you know, the laps, if it's a qualifying lap, they, you know, or anything, they invalidate the lap. But um, here, what are they going to do? Slowdowns, I guess, if it's four, or is it a 1X or a 0X or a one, yeah, 1X? One but I guess it would be a slowdown if it's four. It's probably anything outside is probably just a 1X. Uh, the slowdown is a different mechanism. Um, so I don't know if they're using the same sensor for slowdowns, but, you know, like if you go to Le Mans, there's a lot of slowdowns. If you go to Spa, there's a lot of 1Xs, but you don't get the slowdowns. Yeah, so I don't know. Are they going to put this together with, you know, if you get all four tires off, does it mean that, you know, that's the slowdown then? You know, yeah. you, that's where they add the time in. Maybe the main way that it'll make the difference is the fact that it the different widths of the cars will will affect the sensors differently because if they had to pick one spot on the outside tires versus one spot on the inside tires that that means a wider car can't go out as far on a track if it's doing a two-tire system okay next up ai lots of updates in season three guys uh here is a 
some of those. Porsche 911 GT3R um, is now enabled for AI, and that's the third Porsche car that is ready for AI, and the eighth overall for the GT3 cars. Uh, rookie Oval Content is now an AI. So that's pretty cool. So all those tracks like the Langley, Lanier, South Boston, Southern National, Thompson Speedway, um, you know, get out there with the street stock. Uh, that you know, that's pretty awesome with the AI, especially if you're new. That's what I was thinking, Mike. Do you think this will have a little bit of a beneficial effect to trying? You know, you can get a lot of races and rookie and just get a time, but it might be beneficial just to go out and hammer some laps with some AI and test that way. I was going to say, yeah, this probably be best, best suited for uh, the rookies that are always getting wrecked in the rookie races. Well, I just can't believe that it's taken this long for those cars to get over to AI. I thought that would be something that they would want to, um, you know, bring in right from the very start, because just like what y'all said, uh, you're coming in and, uh, well, you got to get those skills somewhere and you know probably better to learn how to race rather than just you know learn how to sit at the back and not do anything i would have enjoyed this as you know because they used to have the legends series with you know where you could actually make your own set the legends open you know when i was making sets it would have been good to be able to instead of having to run a race or go into a practice session that had maybe a couple people in it and you just set a fast lap time to actually race against AI to test your setup out or just get used to these fixed setups. It would have been awesome to race that way back when I started. Well, you know, I posted that uh, memory from Facebook from nine years ago last night. Uh, and I said that I was using a, I signed up for iRacing, the wheel is in route and I was using a, a PlayStation uh, controller and I was ghosting uh that's how i was learning i was ghosting sessions now they also announced they did the same thing for the rookie road course layouts as well so um all of those uh outland park the scuba um the oran park summit point um okiyama and then they also announced lucas oil race that way has ai um, an additional car and track ai driver training for uh, Cup Series, NASCAR Cup, GT3, GT4, SCCA Spec Racer Ford, the Skip Barber, um, as well as Lime Rock, Long Beach, and Okiyama layouts all see improvements to AI driver skills. Let's jump to a special event. And that special event is the uh, Watkins Glen Six Hours. Or is that Six Hours at the Glen? Six hours at the, I don't know. I think they call it six hours at the Glen. Yeah, it's the six hours at the Glen, Tony. Okay, Either way, we'll it's six ahead. hours. It's six hours. At the Glen. It's at an, the Glen. It's an endurance, uh, it's a shorter endurance race at, at the Glen. In, at the in, Glen. In IMSA cars. And it's six hours. Awesome. Everybody, it's six hours. <laughs> Is that this weekend? Next weekend. Okay. This would be uh, June 18th to the 20th. I'll be, it looks like I'll they be got at Nashville. Doing six hours? Um, if you had all three races up close. Well, for this one here, they've got uh, four time slots uh, starting at Friday and finishing off Saturday. And they got this GMT. I know what GMT stands for. I don't know how to read it. So 
I guess y'all just gonna have to figure that one out. You want me to say it? Give her what it is. Uh, Saturday at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Saturday at eleven o'clock. Saturday at no, sorry, Saturday at noon. Saturday at five, and Saturday at uh, nine o'clock. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. That- as for all the Eastern Standard Time guys, so for anybody else that doesn't know or that knows how to read GMT properly, it's Friday at 2200 GMT, Saturday at 7, Saturday at 12, and Saturday at 1600. And that's all in the GMT time zone, and good luck with that math. Five hours. Four, actually. You're in Is daylight. it four? Is it? Oh, it's You're four, yeah. Daylight. So to use that, or you go back in time, or you go in, go into go in future time, and then your six hours does actually like two hours. And then Mike misses a race, basically. So right. this race is six hours for anybody that's not going to Nashville, like David. Yeah, some other things there. Uh, field size capped at fifty-five. There's no DQ limit. Uh, there's a stop and go thirty at thirty-five incidences, and every twenty after that, uh, it's a team event. But I'm sure everybody knows that. Uh, minimum two drivers, maximum a 16. Um, I'd love to see a team that has 16 drivers for a six-hour event. Get the race for 15 minutes at a time. Be interesting. Uh, qualifying's attached and solo. Uh, eight minutes for, for two laps. And uh, what do they got? A 30-minute warm-up. I think that's about all the information. Uh, license, uh, D. D license. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the team that does the 16s, probably with all the pit stops, is not going to win never know it might be a bottom split that would be an interesting um requirement if you actually had a race where you had to have 16 drivers it, every team would get disqualified because that's just about impossible to get that many people to show up that sounds like a new event for us to try we can't get four <laughs> no i mean never mind the uh speaking of nashville the the uh, virtual track also exists now got released with with patch three uh we got a video showing it it's a concrete mile and a halfer. It looks racy. Yay, we don't have to run Kentucky next week. It sounds like from the NASCAR sense of it, they don't know obviously how it's going to race, but they think it's just going to be a one-groove race from what um, a lot of the the drivers were thinking from it. I don't know if they're using – I don't – have you guys heard if they were going to put PJ1 down for for this race? Well, if it's only one groove, I would assume so. If they do, they'll probably put it in the wrong spot. Let's put PJ1 on the track, on the groove they were already going to run. Speaking of other NASCAR flubs, let's talk another super speedway rule change. NASCAR issued. Now, why do we talk about real NASCAR rule changes? Because guess what? It affects us in iRacing. Because when they change the rule, iRacing changes the rule. So uh, NASCAR issues rule changes to slow and reinforce cup series at super speedway in the wake of Joey Logano's rollover at Talladega last April. And so, uh, the tapered spacer is going to be a little bit narrower is my understanding. My question is why is it happening when I know Joey Logano, it's a flip and everything had happened. Why are they doing it on the least violent rollover that they've had in the last, you know, say, two years at that track you know they had uh dylan go into the catch fence because of how close they were running they had 
Ryan Newman, Newman almost killed, but you know they're waiting until Joey Logano flipped over on a light flip over, um, and almost get hit. Like I get, I'm not discrediting the accident. I'm just discrediting what time they're they're picking to make the changes at. It's not a lot. I mean the the tapered spacer went down just a little bit, and they removed the wicker from the spoiler, and there's a reinforced roll bar that was previously optional that they behind the driver compartment that's not now mandatory but really the wicker and the the tapered spacers are really the change so are the go karts now going to be faster than the cup cars <laughs> you're just talking for super speedways where they are at least fast what are they saying they're trying to get 10 miles an hour fast or slower is what they're yeah, trying to get they're it down trying to, to cut 10 mile yep just a uh... Replace Daytona with a short track. Why don't they just do what uh, they suggested years ago? Take the restrictor plate off and just use the chicane on the backstretch every time at Daytona and Talladega create one, and they just got to break every time to go through the bus stop and then wind her back up and go around again. Oh, that'd be interesting. We got to get iRacing to make that format, like literally just the chicane. Actually, we could require that. We could do a race where we just say, everybody take the chicane. You can host that one. It'll have two people if I host it. The next uh, topic we got, we got the 911 GT3 uh, R. It's a ride-along, and it's the 911 running at the Nürburgring Norschleife. Uh, so it's here on Instagram. Give it a watch if you'd like. It sounds nice. Yeah, I love the sound of this car, but I think I said this last week. I really can't tell the Porsches apart, though. The GT3s, the they, they have a little bit bigger wing. It, se- it seems like, and the, they come with, uh, also they come with uh, anti-lock brakes. Like the Ferrari GT3 and GTE version are literally the same body. They just have different horsepower and uh, the brake combination. I was gonna say, uh, I think all the Porsches in this um, in iRacing have done a really good job making the sound effects for their motors like it the the sound the sound that their uh engines produce they they've duplicated it really or they've made it really well in the sim because they're different sounding than anything else that you know that races on the track because of the rpms that they turn yeah and mike this is the 911 this is literally the same model as the gte that came out it's just the smaller it's the lower class version let's see is, which replaces the old Porsche Cup, which used to be the Rough Cup. Yeah. Rochette, you want to tell us a little bit about Kligerman? Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, a Charlotte Kligerman Sport recap. Uh, Kligerman Sport to release a video recap of the most recent Coke Series race in their, uh, with their drivers, uh, Isaac Gann and uh, Bob Bryant. It's pretty much just a recap video of uh, their action there at Charlotte. It's kind of like a radioactive, though, where you can hear the crew chiefs talking to the spotter and and uh, hear that banter back and forth. You know, Isaac Gann has another rough race um, after having so many good runs this year. Um, and, you know, you get to hear that heartbreak, you know, between him and his spotter. Pretty cool. I like listening to these things. I wish some of the other teams would do it. Next up, Season 2 stats are posted by Rob Crouch from Australia. Uh, oval, road, dirt, so on. Um, let me uh, take a gander at them and see if anything jumps out at you guys. 
So I'm on oval, and participation is pretty flat, uh, going from season one to season two, down just a hair, uh, it looks like, but uh, pretty flat. Well, season one had Daytona in the start of the season, so you'd think it would be up. We're going to trend down over the summer months here anyways, norm like we normally do, just because, you know, people are getting away, and with everything seemed to be opening up in all the regions uh, uh, everywhere, I, I think season two and season three, you're going to see the downward swing until we get into colder weather again or, you know, the wintertime. Um, participation percentages are about where we always see them. The, what I watch is NIS Open. It's 6% are full season people. Um, so 5,200 people have raced, but only 314 are considered full seasoner. I'd love to see that number increase. Well, we, it's going to go down, right? We're, at least in America, we're opening back up. I don't know about Canada, but... They're promising it, but they've promised lots of things. We don't want to get on our border yet. We shut the border down from you guys. All right, what about Rudd? What do you guys see there? About the same uh, stat, actually. Oh, this, it's flat, but just down a hair. It'll definitely not go back to where it was pre-COVID. I think, um, you know, they capitalized and have brought on a good crowd. But you are going to see a downtrend, just seasonal for one thing. So one of those things that was a special event last year that uh, looks like it's going to happen again this year. It looks like Kligerman and Landon are putting it together again. Uh, it's the Blue Emu Firecracker 400. It's going to be returning with the updated 87 cars. Um, it's a half of a quarter of, uh, uh, no, $12,500 uh, is the prize purse. Prelim races start on June 15th. And you can start signing up for this like literally yesterday. So um, if you're interested, now is the time to get involved. And they're already having uh, practice races I saw last night. So um, I don't know. I'm almost tempted to do it, but I think you have to pay to get in. So, but I, you know, I am going to try this car tonight, but uh, I'm also going to be watching the Firecracker 400. This is a. A prestigious race. I think, uh, you know, last year, I would I would say this is one of the crown jewels in iRacing to win. I think uh, this would be something to, uh, you know, I'd at least try and qualify for it. Why not? Yeah, they, you know, they got a mechanism, I think, where they can have lots of people sign up and then you have to run heats and all that, you know, to narrow down the field. Kind of like the podium 500. Right. Are you going to use Venmo to pay for it? Great. Yeah, I get the I get the Venmo to topic, and we don't even have Venmo here. This is to Tony and I. We don't nothing. So, I, do you guys want to talk, tell, to discuss this one? Because I, I have no idea what the Venmo does. I know it's probably like our. It's a way to transfer money, right? It's like PayPal. In fact, PayPal owns Venmo. They bought it um, because it's probably better than PayPal. But it's like uh, PayPal, but with social. I mean, you can actually see it, it's it's really strange. Like I can look at uh, Venmo and and see my people. I have Venmo's like my stepdaughter, and I can see oh my stepdaughter paid her friend ten dollars and she said for lunch, and then three days before she paid this other guy and it says beers, you know. And so you know I'm like looking at you know where she spent her money. It's kind of awkward. 
So is it like it's like social media with your money? Exactly. So uh, you can push a button and hide it where your friends can't see it, but most people don't. And so when you open up Venmo, you see this kind of feed, you know, where it shows what people are paying who. <laughs> is this a way to flaunt your status money-wise type thing too? Like, is it? Is that what it's kind of like based friend, off of? Yeah. Maybe it's, it could be a young person thing. I'm I'm an old guy, so maybe that's what it is. But so, how the hell are you going to explain sixty bucks at the Rippers? Exactly. <laughs> but just put, uh, yeah, you, you can, just put RIP. Don't you have to put yeah. Now you can pay iRacing with Venmo. Now is basically the story. Let's see. We just skipped over uh, something where uh, Mike, your your daughter's buying guys beer. Uh, yeah, I said it was something like that, but yeah. She's almost 18. I smell a title idea coming on here. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's kind of awkward because you can see, like, stuff you probably shouldn't see. It, it's kind of the way I see it. Well, Tony, I think you, uh, you called it earlier. Uh, they were talking. You were hoping to get rid of Kentucky in place of Nashville, and it looks like that's what's going to happen for NIS. Woohoo! Yeah, look who confirmed it. Abbas. Abbas Laddick, remember he's the guy who hijacked that team's car in a 24 hours of Daytona? And he's also a, a bottom split alum, too. I've seen him hijack many uh, threads in the forums, but I have not heard about this 24-hour deal. <laughs> well, look at how many messages he has in the old forums, how many he's sent. The frequent uh, messenger. No, like, he, he was going to be on this team... And then he wasn't on the team, but they still had him listed in the roster. And so, like, somebody, you know, came to pit and they were going to change drivers. Well, he just got into the car and the team didn't want him in the car. He went and basically hijacked their car. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like that dude was at a Talladega where he jumped in the car and took laps. <laughs> oh, the pace car. <laughs> they had to stop him on the track. Yeah. I was gonna Cole say Abbas uh, gets all hammered and takes over the the team team race. So 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 we we have team fun. So they have team hijack. Remember when we did the meme contest? I mean, one of those I submitted was Grand Theft Abbas. <laughs> okay, we got an update, a good one on DanLisa.com. Uh, in a follow up uh, to that. It was mentioned on the forums that Dan Lisa has a long list of people interested in taking over the league compilation website and are currently working with someone who may take over the website ranks. They got somebody specifically picked, but they also have a list of people uh, interested. Okay, next is the rest of the season three notes, uh, release notes. So this was uh, put out. They did put it out, the release notes early. And I just want to go through and hit on anything that we haven't talked on yet. And so I'll start out with the Spec Racer Ford has been fully updated. Uh, we have a new VW Beetle Lite. Let's stop there, Greg. You were excited about that one. Well, I'm just wondering what it was entailing. Is it just basically, is it like supposed to be like... Uh... Is it is it an actual road car? I never I haven't found out. Is it a road car? Or is it is it the rally a version rally. Of a rally car? No, it's okay, like a so, rookie rally car. 
so that's what they're doing. I thought it would be a rookie league. So basically, it's going to be fixed setups for rookie stuff, which is kind of that's awesome for to try and reboot the uh, dirt side, I guess, a bit because there's it's been kind of sluggish on that side, participation wise. Now this one, custom paints displayed in the iRacing UI on car thumbnails. Now I think this means you can see your trading paints paint. Would this be kind of something that? They would even eventually implement in the form so you could use your you know instead of having like a picture it could show up display your your custom paint for a car or something like that that would be cool your favorite car and your signature or something uh let's see what else um that we haven't talked about smoke dust spark and more visual effects have been updated uh new damage model adjustments to reduce debris estimate uh latency incidents um, new damage model for the formula v and street stock and then they remind us of post season two initial release items included the nascar next gen and the chicago street circuit so we're at, we're at the point here how do you rank um i know we don't do this normally but how do you rank this build over some of the the last couple ones. I mean, it was a good content because we got some stuff mid season too, right? As well as the stuff here that you know where we didn't know about the VW Beetle thing. We we just found out about Red Bull Ring. I know we've had some leaked pictures. I thought at one point we did get pictures, not know when we were going to get it. Um, Formula V we knew about, and the Porsche we knew about. But I mean, it seems like it's a good build for this for season three uh, in the middle of the year here. Yeah, and you have to include uh, the next-gen car and the Chicago track that were surprise releases right in the middle of a TV show. Yeah, yeah, that's at the bottom here. Yeah, I mean, a lot of work for NASCAR because you got the new car, you got Chicago, you got Nashville, you know, all that together. That's a ton right there. Say, so I think the only thing that's really missing from this is uh, anything for the dirt oval. I think... I think uh with what you're saying there too, Tony, because you made a comment when we first came on the podcast here about the Formula V did get the damage model, but I feel like the more builds we get, we're falling behind in that aspect of what we want done with iRacing is to more visual uh, damage and stuff like that. So um, I just find they're falling behind on cars as they release them. If they only do like one of the two or three cars, you know, if you keep up with the cars as you release them, you only have to you know, do so many eventually down the road, but now they're just falling behind on some of these cars because the Porsche didn't get it, um, things like that. And the next gen car didn't get it. Um, I just think that the damage model, it seems to be because they maybe don't have it perfected in a lot of things, they're, they're hesitant to release it. Received throughput fell to an unacceptable level. You may have seen that for the last time because they now have changed the uh, reporting and handling of drop connections. Um, the message is shown um, uh, as a result of these changes may give a bit more detail as to what went wrong. Um, it also, in some situations, the amount of time it takes for a drop connection to be cleared will be reduced. So a user may be allowed to reconnect more quickly. You know, I did a race yesterday and I did notice something where it said, uh, user was disconnected because of lost packet something so that's something new yep so that's what it is they're giving you a different messages now when you host you can pick eight up to eight cars now um instead of seven 
so they, they bring that into Tony right before he makes his thing for Friday night where we could have had two of the trucks in them with it. Right? No, so you could have we we're we're not leaving the No, I, I know we're not changing. I just think that I think whichever right there. Whichever company was he was gonna say was gonna be left out must be listening because they made his keyboard suddenly start working. <laughs> okay, so dirt racing, there is some stuff here. All dirt versions of stock car tires have been reverted to an earlier version. Uh, we talked about AI. There was tons of changes in there. They did oh. do a, they did do a lot of balance of power to the GTE class cars. I hit this one race admin. Uh, there's new race admin con commands that where you can modify the number of laps a caution or parade will be. Now, how cool is that? So is that more of a thing for, for if you're putting on an event with a broadcast then too, right? So you can they can talk it up for wait a till commercial, right? They can grid, actually start the engines and do a couple parade laps, or even line up for a, a three wide salute kind of thing or four wide salute. So you host a session at Nor Norch Life and do a two-lap parade lap? That would take a nice hour. <laughs> the number of parade laps may be adjusted immediately just as cars start driving. Um, all right. And then new damage model, of course, we talked about Formula V and street stock. I missed my cup car damage. I'm, I'm really anxious for that one. How about this uh, one race control one about the, the four-tire detection? Yeah, we well, kind of covered that in, in the, when we were talking about Spa. Are they making yeah. it where you can select which one is applied in a hosted race? So would this be something future-wise for uh, Coda next year? We can actually run it properly in a cup car? I sure hope so, because that was too, too extreme at Coda. Uh, one I like, uh, support for the display of your new thr the new Thrustmaster SF1000 wheel has been enabled. Do we know anybody that's got that wheel yet? I don't know. Nope. Not a lot of guys run the Thrustmaster on the team, but has anybody heard how it's how any reviews on it? I haven't, but we have a story on this wheel later in the show, and the video looks really nice. Uh, changes to telemetry, and that was pretty much it. Okay, so next uh, we have a listener tribute, I would call it. Uh, Mupar, I guess I hope I say that right, Mupar gaming they stream iRacing events and other gaming events several days a week and uh he hit me up on the twitter and was a interested in running uh our logos on his car and he sent us some pictures uh we got the iRacers lounge podcast with the aftermath below it on his startup screen for his stream nice uh, big and proud but he also has it on his uh, road car as well on the front hood as well on the rear uh deck the rear deck as well tramp stamp let's say grows we got to get him that uh updated aftermath logo yes we do yeah no this is this is cool love seeing the logos on uh on listeners uh cars and and stream stuff that's awesome yeah go look for the mupar gaming it's m-o-o-p-a-r he says, we are a family of avid gamers and sim racers who are striving to create a community of followers who love to game and get involved. We also have a Discord to interact as live as possible whilst iRacing, etc. All right. Uh, next, the iRock Challenge Series. Um, congratulations to race winner Chris Mefford, who won 
the uh, Atlanta race. Uh, but we also hear, who heard who won the uh, raffle. I was trying to, I, I think I bought a ticket for $25 to win the raffle for the track time entertainment 80-20 rig. Um, I did not win it, but I did hear that Sean Judson was the winner. So congratulations to Sean on his new cockpit. You know, that, that, that sucks that you didn't win uh, the rig, Mike, but uh, you still have a couple of chances to ring some uh, some big old prizes tomorrow night. Yeah, let's go into that. So uh, we got something big this week. Let's go into it. Oh, yeah, we got less than uh, just about 24 hours until uh, we kick off the, the Project K9 Hero 200 uh, Michigan. Um, we still got a few spots left. We got about 35 guys uh, and girls. They're going to be racing with us. Um, practice opens up at 8 o'clock Eastern and drivers meeting. I'm dreading that because, you know, I can't speak very well. At 9 o'clock, qualifying. Uh, then we're going to do 200 laps, racing cautions. Um, we're going to do full fuel and unlimited tires. Um, I, I tooled around with, with the fuel, and I was like, eh. It's going to be two races in one. Um, it's going to be in a cup car, the cup cars, and the Xfinity cars. Um, uh, pole winner will get 25 or 20 bucks. Sorry. Um, the winner will get spotlights for Midwest simulations. Um, the best paint with the K9 Hero uh, logo. We'll get a free paint from U-House uh, Racing Design. And I think um, Bobby Jonas with SimRaps is going to be posting something later tomorrow. If you run one of his paints and you either win, you can modify it, I guess, um, as long as you keep his logo on there. Um, if you win best paint, um, he'll give you an extra $10. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm running Bobby's paint. Um, boy, he he came up with a nice uh, canine hero paint job. I actually love it. I think... I might even run it for the all-star event Monday night um, for the league race, but um, I'm anxious to try it. You have to have it on the next-gen car, Mike, for Monday night. you got to get them to make it on the next-gen oh, that. I forgot it was a different car. And you're right. And the, the picture that he showed, I believe oh, that yeah, was on I told the Xfinity him to Supra. He put it on the Xfinity Supra. Yeah, so I guess the bag, the cat's out of the bag. I'm going to run the B car tomorrow. That's okay. I'm joining you, Mike. That's all right. Just watch out for the, Just watch out for uh, turn two. It's it, it gets a little tight right there, boys. And it, and from what I've seen with the weather report, it's going to be a hot one in Michigan tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be interesting because I I know you said you were you were doing with the fuel there, Tony. If you take any fuel out of those fixed setups, it would totally change the change it i don't know how bad it changed it but fixed setups do not like low fuel nah yeah that's it i was like eh, nah but you, 35 right you said the what you got 35 people yep uh 35 so we got room for eight more and Let's it's 200 it's 200 laps no it's not 200 laps we discussed this on uh on uh saturday I don't know if that's the equivalent of, of uh, 200 miles in uh, Canada. I was going to say, you guys discussed a lot of things on Sunday while you were racing. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, no, the OBRL in uh, 
Metro Ford of Chicago are putting up some real neat prizes too. Um, Seventy-five dollars uh, per class for the most position gained with no incidences, and uh, the OBRL is going to throw fifty dollars in for the highest finish with zero X, X's. Um, so pretty much they we're we're going to run clean if you want if you want to win. That is awesome, man. Those guys. Man, they know how to step up when, you know, we get a charity race going and uh, these guys always make it a blast. Uh, thank you to everyone over at OBRL and, and iRacers Lounge, Tony, has decided to uh, host the broadcast as well. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we got uh, Rice Motorsports TV. Uh, he's going to be uh, helping us out with the broadcast tomorrow. You can find him on YouTube. Um I'll have more information. I'll post that on uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, Mike can post that on Twitter because I don't use Twitter anymore. Okay. So, yeah, if you're not racing, hey, we got a few spots left. Get with us, guys. This is fun. We have a good group. The The people that show up for these races are great racers. And so come join us and have some fun on an off week for NIS uh, and for a good cause. And you get a free T-shirt and you might win some money. So Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about the free T-shirt. I always forget about that one. But yeah. uh, we, we, we had a little practice race uh, Sunday night and we had about 17 guys. We did about 20 laps. Um, it was some really good racing up front. I mean, there was actually a couple of Xfinity cars that were in the mix with that, uh, with that, with that group. And I was just hanging out with David and, uh, with his gas pedal on the steering wheel. Yeah. We haven't really dove into that deeply yet. Have we, I guess we will later. All right, let's keep moving. Then we got housekeeping notes. The let's talk aftermath. Uh, what do you guys got coming up next? Oh, that's what we did last, what we did uh, last Saturday. Uh, I had the bright idea of, uh, popping uh tony grows a uh, next gen cherry so we ran uh the unofficial uh race at uh daytona and uh yeah me me and chris were in the same split and he was all by himself and i think you got well wrecked in lap one i turn one yes i was gonna say it sounded like turn one from what tony was describing nah i i made it to the end uh i was sitting in fourth and chris was way ahead of us he was a lap car he got wrecked out earlier um second and third wrecked i got a little bit of damage and just as soon as that happened i get i get on the on team chat the leader just passed chris and was like wreck the leader chris but i ended up finishing second in that race i almost you know through that all i stuck it out and i almost caught a top 10 at the end of that garbage like it, it was garbage but uh that was that was interesting. It was a lot of it was a, it was neat. It, it was a neat kind of experience to be able to try and do that. And it's you know, Mike, you're so good at being able to describe everything for the audio listeners. And I tell you, like if you know if if we do that kind of thing again, I'm gonna have to like you know pull you aside, and maybe get some lessons on how to be a little bit more or sorry, a lot more descriptive uh, as to what's what's happening there. But um, it, it was a neat idea. I had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, the rest of the show, <laughs> uh, bring out the nets. We were catching squirrels like for, you know, for two hours. It was, we had a great time. Uh, but man, oh man, I, I don't even remember half the stuff we talked about. Uh oh. Not again.
All right, that sounds like fun. I don't, I don't know if I got through the whole episode, but... Okay, next up, uh, Midwest Simulations has the spotlights. You can get 10% off by using the coupon code iRacers Lounge. In fact, somebody last week bought some with this coupon code. And so, congratulations to whoever got them. We're on the Performance Motorsports Network. Don't forget that. And let's go into Fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. Well, well, well. So what do we think of uh, last week? I, uh, I'll i be honest, I did not watch the race. I plunked in my guys. I think I checked in at one moment to see if I needed to make a garage swap, and that was about the all of what I looked at. Um, I mean, my overall standings aren't too bad. Basically, I just copy and pasted from the week before. I did not change my lineup at all. I ran the same lineup two weeks in a row. I was going to say, Tony, the, the hardest part about that road course is where the stages ended. You can make your garage pick. When stage two ended, it might not correspond to what you think. Like if You're saying you didn't tune in. Like, okay, you're looking at it and you say someone was way down the list. Well, they could have just pitted or something like that because the way they were doing the pits. Like, it was so hard to judge... I had, I think it was Brad Keselowski and um, I can't remember someone else. I was moving in and out. Um, but as soon as the pit stops would happen, it's like they're right near each other. Who do, who, do you, <laughs> who do you pull out? Who do you not? And then as soon as it locks in, it's like, okay, then now you're kind of set. But I don't know. I, I'm running out of Kyle Larson's in mine. I don't know about you guys. So uh, I got the standings here for Sonoma. It was Kyle Pendigraph one Sonoma. Uh, then it was Conklin Speedworks second, Racing Goodyear's third, GI Jojo fourth, Ooh Baby forty four fifth, Chris Jedi McFly was sixth, Smiling Ninja seventh, I Read and Keep Suffering eighth, Mister T Bob ninth, and Kerry C Y'all tenth. I'm just gonna change my name to I Suck. I was sixteenth. Greg, you were sixteenth. There's Tony Grows 23rd. I think Brian, I think, McCut- Brian was 30th. I think the thing that screwed me the most, I think, was tr- I want to say Truex and that whole thing um, on my list, but it, it was so hard to pick the last, you know, the mile half, mile and a half tracks. Um, we know who's going to be fast. I didn't realize they were going to have that many of the Hendrick cars as good at that track if they didn't get damaged it would have been all of them in the top 10 again yeah who would have thought larson would be good at a, at a road course but then again it's surrounded by sand and dirt and that car is just a rocket ship i don't i whatever they've found in at hendrick right this year that it's going to be tough to beat them gibbs and and harvick and them are gonna like the Stuart haas are gonna have to find something well harvick just needs to retire Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Hardware, software. All right. Max Pappas Industries um, has updated their website with uh, hashtag soon. They call it SimMax, and they're going to be offering not only that seat that I've been drooling over for months, but a new racing rig as well. Um, And that kind of surprised me, but there's a picture on their website 
of a uh, stationary rig. It looks like it's metal. Um, it's not an 8020, uh, but pretty simple seat on it, uh, stationary place to put, you know, the pedals and the wheel deck. Um, not too bad. Uh, no indicator or price or anything, though. I'm really hoping with, like, I like the simplicity if you're looking for just a, a non-moving rig. Um, but I hope that that seat you can just upgrade with their other nice seats. I really hope that we can, it's an option. Like that, the, seat that, like the that, seat that says coming soon? Yeah, the bucket seats are going to be, I, I really like those bucket seats. Like that, that would be where I would invest my next time if I was going to buy a next, another seat. I love it. I'm just kind of waiting for it to be not coming soon, you know, and to see what the price is. And I don't know. I, I like it. I need a new seat. The Sparco seats that are bucket seats are really comfortable as well. I'll say this GT seat that I got with Track Racer is actually comfortable too. All right, that's on my list. Well, I'm surprised we didn't get to it last week, but here it is. The CSLDD details are out, and I think we have a member who was getting his today in the mail, in fact. Um, they had to they had to send this out in waves, I guess, because it was a, such a popular order. We'll talk about that in a second. But you can get the DD with the standard power supply, which gives you five newton uh, is it newton meters of torque for uh, three hundred and forty nine USD. You can get the boost kit, which bumps it up to eight nanometers for four seventy nine. Um, if you purchase the boost kit separately, it's one forty nine. Um, there's some table clamp options and, and a bunch of other packages that we don't really need to di to dig into. If you buy the boost kit, they decided not to send you both power supplies. They're just sending you the large one. So that would might be a pretty good indicator that the um, it's one device, and then the the power supply is just one hundred and fifty bucks. The the higher end power supply. Almost buy the the second power supply separately and have two, and then you have a backup, right? You could do that if you wanted to have a backup, but your backup would be at a lower power, All right? Um, and they did some pre-ordering with Waze because of the high demand. It went to existing customers first, and then uh, that was p people who had an account and had ordered first, and then people who didn't who had an account but hadn't ordered, and then everybody. Yeah, I, I I got my email, I think, Thursday, and they opened it up Friday because it existed member. And I had it all the way through except just about to hit hit the hit the, the checkout button. <clears throat> and if I would have had the money, I would, I, I would have one on pre-order right now. Well, Tyler Williamson bought one, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I he think, got the upgraded power supply. Yeah, th if I remember, I think it was like five twenty nine or five forty nine with shipping and and the updated power supply for me. Now Tyler was mentioning um, he saw something on the Facebook groups that was there was somebody there indicating, oh well, you could just make this power supply, do it yourself for like you know a lot less money, but I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, you'll probably end up voiding some warranties on that one. I've seen a power supply explode too. Don't you think that, you know, I'm sure they pretty much thought that this might happen if, they, if they're oper operating it as an upgrade. I'm sure they thought of the aftermarket community coming up with something. So, you know, I don't know if there hasn't been any things talking about 
since the people have been talking that they can upgrade it, has there been anyone saying don't do it? Like, or the company coming out and saying don't do it or anything like that? Too soon, no. We haven't heard anything like that. Because it just, I would think that they, this would be one of the things they thought about happening unless, you know, maybe they don't care. I don't know, but I would, if as a company, I wouldn't see this as being a good idea. If I was in the market for a wheel, I mean, this is what I'd probably buy. I mean, just because of the price point, um, you know, it's easy to spend this much money on a direct drive wheel when direct drive wheels have been twice as much forever. And now all of a sudden they're half what they used to be. Well, and Mike right now is in the in the market for looking for a sledgehammer to get his rim off of his base. Or or he can just sell it to me. I'll get it off. Well, that's the thing. If I get you it off, to I'm that, probably going to destroy it, you know, and then I have to buy another wheel to put on the base, right? I almost need to buy a wheel for it before I rip the thing off. I honestly don't think you're going to destroy it getting it off and even if you, you know, I don't know. It's not any good to you the way it is anyways right now. It's a very expensive paperweight to you because it's costing you a lot in races. It's not really helping you at all. That's true. We've had two road course league races in a row where the paddle shifter has stopped working during the race, and I've had to stop on track, turn off the power, and turn it back on. You need to unbolt the the rim and uh, just destroy that that universal hub there that you hate. Exactly. Get it off. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do eventually. Um, I I don't know. Do I want to buy a a replacement though, so I don't miss out on races? You know, a replacement hub. Uh, what I would do is find what you want to do here, order it, and don't do anything until it arrives. Right. Someday it's on the list. How about this monkey seat? Well, yeah, this uh called a monkey driver's seat. And uh they're open for pre-orders. This is a a weird looking seat. It's like a tube frame seat with uh like padded panels. Um kind of like what you would see in an F1 type seat, but it's like a GT style. Can I help you out here, Tony? Because uh-huh. this is this is their second version. So the reason it looks like an F1 is because it converts between F1 and GT style. So it's Smart. got a it moves. Um, you basically I don't the one picture here is showing it sitting in GT lean back a bit, um, but you can in it it tilts back even more um, in the F1 style for it. They their first version was a little bit different than this. This is their more. Uh, their new style. They had it the last time we talked about it. It was in the coming soon. So now it's obviously they're taking pre-orders for uh, for it. Yeah. See, now that is is very very smart um, <laughs> to be able to, to to move it from F1 to GT. I mean, there's, there's not much out there that will do that. That's that's great. So I found the website is monkeydriver.it. And it's 999 euros. It's funny that you found a price, Mike, because uh, their first one never had a price on the website. And you couldn't, you couldn't, unless you emailed them, they would give you the price. Yeah, they do have a shop uh, website off of monkeydriver.it. And um, the uh, triple monitor mount, 369. Uh, there's a single monitor stand, 199. A shifter stand, 99. 
I was uh, this one was I've I've been following this one for a while because I was interested in their first version. Um, I just think the price range is you know out of it's out of what I'm willing to pay for that type of um, equipment. But it's it's definitely a good thing in this. Uh, it's good thing a good market for non uh, non motion rigs. You know, half the team would have trouble getting in and out of that too. It's so low to the ground. Yeah, it doesn't look comfortable for sure. The seat. The next item we have is a uh, Fanatec Club Sport F1 2021. When I take a glance at the surface, it looks the same as as the one I have, but it comes with the advanced pedal module already included. It's got a nice green color to it, to it, carbon fiber on the base as well. Glow in the dark. That's the big upgrade. That part I missed. So basically, David. The further down the road, it looks like with Fanatec over the years, if you just wait till the the next year, they'll add the thing that they have the option that they include as an add-on the year before. <laughs> is yeah, what they seem to be doing. That's, that's life, right? You know, used to, a, used to AC was like an add-on for a car. You know, back in the old days. Look at all those buttons. You need a lot, a lot of them. I mean, you, the, except those ones down, way down below the the toggles. Those are hard to get to, so they oh. don't get used very much. I would Wasn't use those the... for v, VR centering, like camera buttons type thing. I have mine up on the the upper right, farthest one on the inside, for that. I think I have some chats on there that like yell at GTS that think they own the road or something like that. Minded. Oh, it's the automatic protest button. So the previous version of this used to be 300, I think, and now this one's 400. Is that right? Uh, I don't remember the previous price. I think you're right, Mike. I think because of they've got the one, isn't it 149 for their paddle module? That sounds about right. So that would, so basically you're saving $49 by, uh, buying this as a whole that's expensive for I, I like the way that this gt rim looks um because the thing that that makes the most sense to me sense to me is the two thumb rotary dials uh right where you're going to be gripping is it makes so much sense to have those for for a lot of the things you do on some of these gt cars and um any of the road cars yeah the if you're talking about the two joysticks, those are really conveniently placed. Those, those actual rotary dials that are right under the triple buttons, I I tend to avoid programming things to them because if any time I'm in a hard turn, my thumb would actually reach up and knock it, and and turn it when I didn't want to turn it. So I stopped using those. Some people don't have dinosaur fingers. Arrgh. Oh look, me next. So SimLabs is offering a new four-point uh, harness, uh, seatbelt harness for uh, 119. Uh, I'm guessing that's euros, right? Uh, it's basically your standard four-point system for a, uh, any bucket. It's shown here in a picture, I guess, uh, that we got here. It's on a Sparco seat, um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely a good investment if you're going to have motion, I guess, to have these uh, a nice set of uh, four-point harness. And these do look like very um, comfortable, and they also look like they're, they work for uh, keeping you tight down in the seat uh, for 
any of the sim racing stuff that you do in motion. So I would venture to say that the belts might be useful even if you don't have motion. Um, I've always wanted belts, even though I don't have motion, and I still do. And um, I think if I buy like an AD20 rig with a nice seat, I'm going to get belts with it. I just think, you know, like I've, I've said before, I flounder around like a fish, especially on road course. And if, if that those belts will hold me down into my seat where, you know, I just have to move my legs and arms, I think that's going to help. So the, the other thing I forgot to mention here, they're offered in three different colors. So you get black, blue, and uh, red. Um, I'm partial to the blue. I'm more of a blue is more, more my color for uh, some of these things for sim stuff. Uh, I really like, uh, I kind of like the idea and it's, it looks like it has that quick release for where you twist, you just twist and it all uh, pops, uh, all those seat belts, uh, come undone like, uh, in racing. So, uh, nice idea for sim labs to uh, come up with here. So five weeks ago, we talked about sim labs put on Instagram, a new seat is soon available and it's still not available, but it's a sim lab branded seat um looks just like that max pappas one we were just looking at uh but obviously different color scheme and and brand branding but i really like that seat man and if you were to get that into like that that blue with those blue uh belts man that would just pop on a, a silver 80 20 rig it'd look awesome that seat, some blue accents, like you're saying, and then I think the blue stitching for the uh, Sparco on it would probably look dynamite. Yeah, and that, and when I build my next rig, that's what I'm. I want it to look really sharp. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking for a look. So you go with that Max Pappas orange, you know, and you have a seat, and then you get a wheel that matches it. Oh, it's going to look really cool. Now you need Max Pappas to create some seat belts too with their seat. All right, next up. An email from Scott Ross, a listener, emailed about how he used his Philip Hughes light system as racing flag indicators. Um, now, I don't know if he did it, but maybe he found the article and he sent it to me because obviously I have a Philips Hue lighting system. And basically, it's an article on Reddit uh, that describes how to do this. Uh, another gentleman put this package together. Uh, making them where they go you know blue if there's a blue flag obviously yellow if there's a yellow flag and so forth uh there's a video here that kind of shows the effect um i'm interested but can it do it in addition to or at the same time as my ambient lighting effect and the answer is no i did ask in the thread and and got an answer and said no there'd be conflicts so it's kind of one or the other but uh Maybe I should try it. So this is this is an answer that I've been looking for 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 quite some time. So uh, back before I had VR, back before I had built Lisa's rig, um, I got the Razer keyboard because it had the lighting system, and with that lighting system, I could hook it up with iRacing to use it for my flag lights, which is really really cool. I had it propped up so you could see it nice and easy. Now, when I was going through um, the Razer software, it, it had a Philips Hue um, option so that it would connect to your to your lights, but I could not figure out how to make it work with iRacing. It worked with other games and do other things. Um, it was 
it's kind of a letdown really but the idea was cool so now that there's something out there for this um yeah this is exciting this is neat um sounds pretty pretty simple pretty easy almost like a five or ten minute deal i'm gonna try this out and uh get the the lighting that i have here in the room now um working with iRacing yeah let me know how it goes i might try it there's a link to a github file uh that's basically the software i think uh to do it and so yeah check it out so uh you're, you're looking for a seat mike uh race tech offers uh some real race seats uh you can get at uh racetechseats.com there um they're real seats and they're a little expensive just a little bit you don't want that 1200 dollar one that looks really nice well i found one that was 7500 dollars actually oh i gotta scroll down some more Ooh, yeah this low. when you get to this one length i mean these are these are purpose-built race car seats. They're not, this is, you're trying to take something from the real world and add it into your, uh, your SIM setup. Um, I don't know what makes it $7,500, but obviously it's there to protect. If it's real life racing, it's there, obviously got all the padding to protect somebody in an accident, but it's pretty steep price. Uh, if you're going to add to, if I was going to have that extra money, I don't think I'd spend it on a seat that's rep is a race thing, right? Well, these meet the FIA standard called 8862-2009 Advanced Racing Seat Standard uh, set by the FIA. And so, if you're running in certain racing series, you have to have a seat that's that's you know up to that spec, so to speak. Would you ever need this on a sim rig? Absolutely not. But like you I said, guess you could just take it off and and put it in your regular car and or real race car, and then bring it back home when you want to do some sim racing. I say you can even spend a little more money if you're a little wider and taller. Yeah, I mean, there's some good options here. I mean, these are great seats, but like they're they're way overpriced for what we normally look at in sim seats. Um, but yeah, now, if you click the home screen and and look at their different options. They actually have a simulator chassis at Race Tech uh, for purchase for $800. And you know what? This looks better than that one we were just looking at almost uh, at 1000 But it, what a weird-looking design. I mean, look at this thing. The, uh, the, the wheel stand is giant. Uh, I, you know, it, it's oversized i would call it maybe and um but it's an interesting design it's not 80 20 it is a steel but more of a you know a, a stainless steel look looks heavy it does look heavy I wonder what yeah. the shipping would be <laughs> go down a little bit and look at like the shifter mount you know it's it's only like 45 dollars but that thing looks like it would stop bullets while i didn't have so many holes in it but uh, you know, maybe maybe you could park a car on top of that damn thing. Like, <laughs> it's thick. It's really, really thick, and yeah. We got one more rig on the script. It is simsolutiondesigns.com. Got a rig on here for about 719. It's a standard 8020 rig. It's on the lighter side as far as the thickness of the profile. It's got a built-in attached triple monitor stand. I don't know if it would hold big monitors very well or not and be stable if you're trying to use it for motion or not. Um, 
but it's a decent price. But it's the it's uh, you look at the si- the the thickness of the of the posts, and it's it's not the most heavy duty of the profiles. I'll say it looks small. Yeah, it looks all, like economy. All of the columns are thinner, right? Like if you look at the bait, well, the the base profile, there's an extra gutter on on the P1X, right? And the and the columns coming up to hold the wheel, those are three wide instead of two wide. I would say the the posts that are holding the monitors right now are about the same thickness as about my post on my eighty twenty. Um, my base is probably a little bit thicker, but uh, yeah, it's yeah that 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 pedal plate does not look very sturdy they have lots of different versions when you look at the store though um introductory rigs and so forth and then they get better uh looks like they're based out of easton pennsylvania bobby says it should hold 27s just fine okay yeah so their intro rig is 467 dollars I mean, I have not, I don't think I've seen a 80-20 rig that low. But it's just a wheel stand and a place for a chair, really. I don't even see, yeah, I guess it does have something for pedals. Well, that, that covers all the hardware topics. Let's talk NIS and finish up Sonoma uh, Friday Open P15. I had a lot of self spins. I was as far back as uh, 20, uh, 20th, but uh, rallied on that last half of the race back up to 15th. Um, not a great race for me considering I did a P11 um, on Wednesday, but uh, I'll take it because I was the only one who finished Friday. Greg, how'd you do? Uh, I took, what's it, the, after the carousel, I came down the hill and I shifted into third. I touched that outside rumble strip and I felt it get loose. And instead of my instinct of just lifting a little bit to gather it up, I just kept going into it and I drove it straight into the inside barrier. And, and then all of a sudden that meatball flag showed up and I just, I just was not having it. I was not in the right frame of mind on Friday night. I, had, I just came into it just pissed off. I don't know what was up with me, but I uh, just didn't have the right frame of mind and my results showed it. So I don't know where I finished. I just know I did not finish. And uh, David, I think I've never seen you out of a race so fast. Yeah, I got, I got dumped by an overeager driver on lap one. He was like, oh, I was not cold. I was barely, but he was all over. He was literally running all over everybody on the first lap. I qualified near the back and I wasn't going to try to race him, but we were, we were coming up the top of the hill. And uh, as, I'm, as I'm turning right, uh, is it turn three at the top of the hill? And he just runs me over. And uh, at that point, the car was damaged enough. I had to finish Wednesday. I wasn't interested in, in uh toughen it out for road rating i don't really care about the road rating anymore all right and then kyle ran and he wrecked out as well so i don't know uh, exactly what happened with kyle though i don't remember either um i think he always said on his on team speak is all right fellas have a good night bye i think that was his ending to the night i think he was frustrated for sure 
Like, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even bother waking up on Sunday morning. Like, I'm normally into wanting to race the road this week, and I just was not feeling it. I didn't even wake up to run the, the open on Sunday morning. I had a concert Sunday, so I ended up uh, spending the other time getting some other stuff done. So is my fifth, my fifth place the best finish of the week again? Yep. Yes, it is, sir. I'm the road course king. You are. We've been talking about that. I had a fifth in the league race, but in NIS, yes, you finished. I had a win at Road America, so. <laughs> That's not a stock car. Let's talk uh, league racing, fast track sim racing league. By the way, they're still recruiting guys. We need more people still. But uh, I ran, I got wrecked, uh, choked. I choked in the queue, so I started tail end. I actually got to 10th. And then I told you, my, st my shifter stopped working. Um, so I had to stop and reboot the wheel. And then at the end of the S's, uh, this guy looks like he fell out of gear and, and he just spun like out of the blue, like in the middle of the straight there. And I came by and just, I, you know, I was at full speed and I, I just couldn't miss him and I clipped him. And in fact, Alan Pajari clipped him as well. He, came, he was right behind me and, and he also nailed him. And so I don't know what was it that guy, he didn't even say anything or, or apologize or anything, but ruined my race. Greg, you have P5. Yeah, so anybody that has a VR can, uh, I don't know if you can relate to me with this story, but I was coming up through, coming off the last corner before we come to the S's, and I was gearing up to third and hitting that rumble strip on the right side, and I sneezed. I let out probably one of the biggest sneezes, and I totally lost it into the tires. Uh, my headset was all crooked a little bit, um, fogged up a little bit. Um, Amateur. Yeah, I know. It was it was just my allergy snuck up on me there and so I broke the car when I finally came down pit road. It was two minutes of damage and I was down about hundred RPM and I just hung on to P five. I probably would have uh, I could have probably fought for the win there because even the uh, was it Richard who won? He spun uh, at one point and lost about twenty seconds in that race. So if I would have just maybe had a clear race I might have had a shot, but you know that's that's how it how it goes. Now, Greg, I want to point out that you had an incident with a driver, and you felt that it was your fault, and so you gave yourself a self-imposed drive-through. Yeah, so I, I want to say it was lap two. Um, I was on the inside of uh, Tyler Marble, and um, I locked up both front tires, and I slid into him. I thought it was just to push him around or push him off the track, um, but it actually did spin him. So, um, you know, I I don't want to run that way in the league. Um, so I gave myself uh, a drive-through penalty, and uh, you know that didn't help my issue either because I was probably trying too hard to uh, catch back up too when I made the when I sneezed and stuff too. But all in all, it was. I like racing in this league. I, I, I know, David, you've been in for, what, two weeks now. I know you didn't have a good week this week because of the wheel thing, but these guys are, are great guys to race with, so I've been enjoying it. Um, and a P5 with a broken car, normally, if that was NAS, I probably would have just quit, but I just you know kept going, and uh, I'm looking forward to the All-Star race this week. Now, I want to yeah. point out the winner, Richard Lucky. 
he gave himself a self-imposed drive-through. Um, after he was leading, he did a drive-through like when you did. He didn't wreck anybody. I think he just did it because he wanted to try to come back up through the field, and he did, and he won. Yeah, he he dominated Coda when I was my first race was Coda. I think, and he he didn't show up for the. I don't remember. Was he there for the six hundred? I don't know if I saw him six hundred, but it looks like he was showing up to the last two road races. But he definitely knows what he's doing on the road. And then yeah. David, it was all hands on deck, right? Well, yeah. Um, the guy that punted me didn't follow your example, Greg. He just kept on going. Um, he apologized, but the damage was done. Um, but I, I got on, and I, my V3 pedals had been acting up for a while. Like, like I would stomp on the throttle, and it would go to max, drop to about 80, and go back to max. And somebody said, well, tighten these little three screws up, and that kind of helps the sensor. I did that, and it fix it for just a little bit and I get I don't know if they got loose again but it started acting up again so I was like I'm gonna tighten the crap out of those and um, I get on uh, is it Sunday night no Monday night and the throttles not responding it's just it's dead I actually open it up and I actually broke the circuit board tightening it up so much so I'm like crap um, I ran that race, I switched over to my F1 wheel and ran it using the throttle, using my clutch pedal on the hand, on the hand, the hand clutch pedal as my throttle. It was definitely slower. And then after, after getting turned and the car damaged, uh, I, at that point, I wasn't interested in, in suffering for 40 laps. So I, I bailed out and that's the last time I've been on the track. <laughs> I've got, I've actually been installing the, t the new pedals that I just ordered. I ordered some SIM coaches um, and I just finished installing them and I think I've got them adjusted the way I want. I, I, I gotta try to figure out how to move, lean the brakes back a little bit, but like literally after the podcast, I'm gonna go see if I can get back on the track. So a couple things. So. You were you were slower, but you were still faster than me, and you didn't have a throttle. <laughs> so I just want to point that out. And uh, these pedals you bought, they were literally an impulse buy. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of money on pedals. You you're on this show every week. You know all the different players. Uh, why did why Sim Coach? A couple of things. Uh... It was pretty important when I looked at the different options that I wanted the uh, the throttle to be adjustable, not just the brake. I wanted that throttle to have some kind of hydraulic adjustment or spring adjustment. And this one actually has the hydraulic adjustment, just like that kit that came came with the V3s. So I can actually turn it turn it up or down uh, and control that. And like the Rip Ripmotech brakes or throttle did not have that option because that was the one y'all first recommended. So what I did is while I sat around all day uh, Tuesday, I watched, or no, maybe it was Monday night. I watched, after I dropped out of the race, in fact, I went and watched all of Barry's reviews of all of them. And I had, I, look, I liked the Sim Coach and I liked the, uh, uh, the ones with the powder blue. HPP. HPPs. I liked those too. Um, but HPP said three to six weeks to deliver. And SimCoach actually had somebody on their online chat at like 11 o'clock at night on a Monday night and said, oh yeah, we have one sitting on the shelf right now. Um, and uh, so they shipped it to me the next day. And I had to go back to Barry's video to remind me about those pedals because I think we've only talked about them maybe once or twice on the show, maybe last fall. 
but uh man those are kick butt pedals so you're gonna love them yeah it's definitely you can definitely feel the the smoother tension when you push the, the brake in I, I have sat in i've got the rig i've got them in on the rig and i can definitely f feel that it doesn't feel like a load cell uh, i can feel like it, i can tell a difference between 80 percent and 90 percent braking now hopefully anybody that's lit, been listening to this show and not seeing it on the broadcast david has actually been walking away to his rig to do stuff on it in between topics so <laughs> that's how much he wants to get himself back racing tonight. Well, it was a good choice. Um, I don't know if I would have thought of sim coaches. I think it was a good idea to look at various videos to get some ideas. But uh, yeah, I mean, those things are bomb. I can't wait to see if you're faster with these new pedals. Well, if he can start getting faster times in a cup car, we know it works for him. Okay, moving on, uh, the OBRL had their uh, aftermath truck series and it was Josh Robinson winning uh, the truck race at Texas and Dwayne MacArthur second Bob Fellenbaum third and last uh, the iRacing iRock challenge series season three Brian McCubbin PF'd up he says was running pretty steady in sixth or better for much of the race near the end of the second stage there was a caution I stayed out on old tires and moved into second under yellow on the restart i spun the hell out of those old tires wrecking myself deserved and several others not deserved too worried about getting a good launch and neglecting staying safe sorry to all involved i felt like a moron Gridfinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Gridfinder Gridfinder.com, the home of online sim racing leagues. Okay, let's jump to final thoughts. David Hall. Oh, Brian's here, not here, so I get to go first. So I basically covered it. I'm excited to go try these pedals out. We'll see how they work. All right, good investment. I think you'll like those. Greg Hectus. Uh, I'm just uh, kind of. I'm looking forward to uh, David. Uh, myself and who is it, Dave, that we're going to run the 24 hour? Uh, yeah, Dave Burgess. He's, we've Dave run Burgess, a few events yeah. with him before. So we're going to run the 24 hours of the majors 24 hours. I almost said it. I almost said it. I didn't. <laughs> but uh, on the weekend here and uh, looking forward to after the podcast here, putting down some laps and figuring it out and seeing how fast David's pedals are now compared to uh, what he was before with his uh, the hybrid car here. So. Yeah, we're gonna, to to we're gonna have to set our We're gonna have to set our quals tonight. Yep. So there's no indication that Michael Lett has been approached by lawyers or anything like that. It's nothing indicating. It's just a 2024. 20, that's all. That's that's the thing for it. There's nothing title wise that he should get hit for. I think as long as you say it's some some place in France, I think you're all right. Let's hope so. Good luck, guys. All right, Tony Gross. Final thoughts. Uh, well, no, not really. Not a whole bunch going on. I've been uh, just kind of sitting here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for uh, 
Mr. Rochette's uh, final thoughts. All right, and then we'll go to Mr. Rochette, your final thoughts. Oh, like I said, we got a couple of spots left in the, the Project K9 Hero 200 uh, tomorrow night. Um, well, come on and join us. Yeah, that's going to be fun. If you, And if you can't race, at least get on the broadcast. We'll get that on the socials. Um, watch. It's going to be fun. Um, we're going to have a good time. Uh, my final thoughts, you know, excited for season three. I think the big thing for me was that 87 car. I think that was a surprise. I had no idea they were even working on it, you know. And for Dale to come out and say how, you know, he's worked with Dale Inman's, you know, crew chief notes, and he's called Andy Petrie and Bobby Labonte, you know, to save the day. And man, that's exciting. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go get in that car tonight, and I'm going to run it. I'm going to find a way to run it, and uh, we'll see how I like it. But um, I kind of gave up on it, but uh, now it's back. I'm going to try it. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.